we'll be picking up here in chapter 41 uh, in Genesis here. We're continuing on and following what jo- uh, following Joseph's life here and what's happening to him. Uh, last week, we talked about how uh, while Joseph was in prison that he came across uh, the cupbearer or the butler, some translations call it the butler and others the cupbearer, but we have the, the butler and the baker. Uh, they were in prison and, and had two dreams, or each of them had a dream apiece, and, uh, and Joseph went in and uh, through God had uh, interpreted those dreams for him. They both came about just as, uh, just as, as Joseph had uh, told them, <coughs> which, if you remember, for the butler, it worked out real good for him. For the baker, not so much. And uh, because the baker was, ended up being hung <coughs> and, and the, the butler being back into Pharaoh's court. But, uh, and, and if you remember right, we had uh, Joseph t- talking to the butler when he told him that he was going to be back in Pharaoh's court to remembering that he may be able to get out of this prison. But uh, at the end of the chapter, we noticed that the butler did not remember Joseph, but had forgotten him. I wanted to bring all that up and remind us all of what was going on there in chapter 40 because of what we're about to read here in chapter 41, because it, it flows really well together here. But as we remember these things, let us look at the first eight verses here in chapter 41. And it says, Then it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh had a dream. And behold, he stood by the river. Suddenly there came up out of the river seven cows, fine-looking and fat. And they fed in the meadow. Then behold, seven other cows came up after them uh, of the river, ugly and gaunt. And they stood, by the, <clears throat> they stood by the other cows on the bank of the river, and the ugly and grunt cows ate up the seven fine-looking cows, or fine-looking fat cows. So Pharaoh awoke. He slept and dreamed a second time, and suddenly seven heads of grain came up on one stalk, plump and good. Then behold, seven thin heads Lighted by the east wind, sprang up after them, and the seven thin heads devoured the seven plump and full heads. So Pharaoh awoke, and indeed it was a dream. Now it came to pass in the morning that a spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all its wise men, and Pharaoh told them his dreams. But there was none, no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. So, <clears throat> we have Pharaoh dreaming a couple of dreams here. I, I just thought it was funny when I was going over this this morning. I, I was, didn't really think about it too much until this morning. I was going over it again before we got here. And, 
And I started thinking about how that Pharaoh has got this dream. He's got these cows that come up on, you know, in, in feeding in the meadow, which, by the way, some versions here, instead of meadow, says <coughs> reed or reed grass, just making mention of the fertile ground that the cows here are, are, are grazing in. <coughs> but I got to thinking about this because you had the, the, the seven plump cows, fat cows, good-looking cows, and you had the seven ugly cows, and, and as the seven ugly cows ate the good cows, the fat cows, he woke up. And I got to think about that and say, you know, that might wake me up too. <laughs> Thinking about what was going on in that dream. You know, here you got these cows, they're not carnivores, and here they are eating these other cows. And as we'll see over in uh, verse 21, uh, after they ate these cows, you couldn't, you couldn't even tell that they ate them because they were still ugly and grunt or skinny or what have you and uh, <coughs> so I just thought about that thought I'd share it with you but I just thought it was kind of funny because I'm sitting there thinking yeah I think I'd wake up too boy that, that would be kind of a scary dream in a sense but anyhow um, but getting back to, to uh, what was going on here we see that it was two years after um, the dreams of the butler and the baker had come to pass, and uh, and we have uh, these two dreams here uh, by Pharaoh. Hey, what, what's a common theme that we find here as far as Joseph and dreams go that I thought was kind of interesting? He can interpret them. All right, well, uh, sure. <laughs> Every time we read of of dreams here so far with Joseph is all come in pairs. You know, you had uh, Joseph having dreams back when he was at his father's house, and he had the two dreams, uh, one of the of the stalks of grain bowing down to his stalk of grain, and the other one of the stars and the sun and the moon bowing down uh, to him. And so you had Joseph with his two dreams, you had the baker and the butler. Now, granted, they only had a dream of peace, but there was two dreams, you know, uh, uh, each with its own interpretation per the person there. But it was at the same time on the same night. And now we have Pharaoh, who also has two dreams. Although that was kind of interesting. Uh, later on in the chapter here, we'll see that uh, that Jacob, not Jacob, Joseph. Uh, tells the Pharaoh that it was, uh, let me read it and make sure I get it right, something about the, the double dream. In verse 32, it says, And the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice because the thing is established by God, and God will shortly bring it to pass. And we'll talk about that more in a little bit, but the, uh, the aspect of, of the two dreams there coming uh, from God, that's the reason why it came in twos, uh, which could also uh, be brought back to Joseph's dreams when he uh, was in his father's house. But any thoughts or comments, though, as far as the aspect that he, uh, oh, well, and in, in, I, I didn't want to pass up verse 8 here when it talks about how that uh, Pharaoh, when he awoke, uh, awoke, uh, had called all the magicians and the wise men 
of the, of the town there to try to get them to interpret this dream, but yet none of them can interpret it. Um, oh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, as we'll see, Joseph will definitely give God the credit and, and glorify him in this. Yes, Jeremy? I'd wondered that, and I'd actually thought the same thing about Daniel. In case you didn't hear him, he, he made mention of how that, you know, with Daniel, when, the, when uh, Nebuchadnezzar, thank you, I was trying to think of the guy's name, had his dream, uh, and, and he tried to get somebody to tell him what the dream meant, but he didn't tell him the dream. And, and because he didn't want anybody to give him a false interpretation of the dream, because he says, well, you know, if you know what my dream is, then I know that you're going to know what the right interpretation is. And so Jeremy said, makes a mention and says, how do we know, or how, would, how did the Pharaoh know whether or not uh, these people were telling the truth or not uh, if they were to give him an a, uh, interpretation of the dream? And, you know, why, why did they not try to give an interpretation? I'm, I'm under the impression that they just didn't, you know, they were kind of like, I don't know what to tell you. I don't know how this is because uh, especially when we look uh, after he tells, um, after the Pharaoh tells Joseph what the dreams were in verse it to me. I don't know if they just couldn't explain you know, whether or not they had theories and said, well, it could be this or it could be that, but I can't really explain how it works out. I don't know. Um, right? Right? Because if, if he's just going to throw the butler and the baker in prison just because they offended him uh, by whatever that would mean, and we talked about that some last week. Baker. Mm-hmm. Right? Right. So I'm not right. You know, what, you know, what is it going to do to me? Right. Jim, do you have something? Oh, I thought so. uh, anything else? No? No? All right. Well, let's look at what happens here in verse 9. So after Pharaoh called all these wise men and and magicians and trying to get them to interpret these dreams it says that when Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put me in the custody of the house of the guard or the captain of the guard put me in custody in the house of the captain of the guard. Uh, both me and the chief baker, we each had a dream in one night. He and I, each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of his own dream. Now there was a young Hebrew man with us there, a servant of the captain of the guard. And we told him, and he interpreted our dreams for us. He interpreted his own dream. As far as him bringing up this aspect of someone who might be able to interpret this dream, you think it might help him out a little bit? More favor of Pharaoh? 
All right, Butler, the head servant, uh, Jeremy. But I, I agree, you know, the uh, might cause him to be a little bit more uh, in Pharaoh's favor with him bringing up this aspect as far as uh, uh, Joseph maybe being able to, to help him out with this, this restless dream that he's having and nobody's being able to help him out. Uh, I also think it's, it's, well, I mean, it's pretty obvious. This is all in God's timing. You know, uh, we talked a little bit last week about how, you know, Joseph was kind of looking at this opportunity of interpreting these dreams and talking to the butler as maybe a way to get out <clears throat> because he makes mention of how that he had done nothing wrong to be in the prison and what have you. And, uh, and, and here we have um, almost, almost made you think that he was looking to try to, to get in with the butler here as he got out and went to the Pharaoh and said, hey, you know, I, I found this guy and, and over here, and, and he doesn't need to be in there. You know, maybe let him go home. But we find that it wasn't uh, within God's will, within God's timing at that time for him to do that. And here we see why. Uh, but we have uh, the timing working out uh, for Joseph to be able to come out and to talk to the Pharaoh about what was going on. That was a, I knew there was something else that I was wanting to make mention of this. I also found it kind of interesting when you look at this and we look at how uh, the butlers speaking to, um, uh, speaking to Pharaoh, which I mean, for one, it's almost like he's speaking to Pharaoh through somebody because of the way that the, the uh, verse 13 reads. And, you know, it's not that you, know, you restored me and you, hanged him, it's, you know, he restored me, and he restored, um, and he hanged him. But anyhow, um, I find it interesting the way that the, the butler here speaks as far as Joseph. He's, he doesn't really make mention of Joseph being a, a fellow prisoner, but yet a servant of the captain of the guard. But uh, now he was a servant of the captain of the guard, <coughs> And, and it was that captain of the guard, Potiphar, who put him into prison. So he could just be referencing what his previous uh, uh, occupation, I guess you can say, was, and how that he was a servant of the captain of the guard before he came into prison. But he doesn't really talk about him being a, uh, a fellow prisoner, though. But now I know, uh, what is it? I think it's the. The NIV makes mention of how that, um, speaking of the chief butler and the uh, baker here, talking about how that when they were in prison or imprisonment, or some, I forget how it was worded there, but it talks about them being in prison, but not so much as far as Joseph being in prison. And I might be making too much of this, which I probably am, but anyhow. Any other thoughts or comments, though? All right. Well, let's look at the next little section here. Uh, Starting in verse 14, and I'm not going to read through the exact aspect here. I am going to pick up in, in um, verse 21 and, and, and talk about that a minute. But uh, in next few verses here, and starting in verse 14, says, Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon, dungeon and he 
and he shaved, changed his cloth, clothing and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I have had a dream and there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said that you can understand a dream to interpret it. So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not in me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. Uh, and then it talks about how that Pharaoh had, uh, had explained his dream to Joseph. I'm not going to read through all of that, but I did want to point out the aspect that, we, that I made mention of there in the first part of it. In, chapter, in verse 21, it says, uh, talking about the cows here, when the ugly cows ate the fat cows, says when they had eaten them up, no one uh, would have known that they had eaten them, for they were just as ugly as at the beginning. Um, but then it talks about the, uh, the grain, the seven uh, heads of grain, and how the, the, they had plump ones and thin ones, and, and the thin ones devoured the plump ones. Um, and then, as what we made mention of in 24, how that no one could explain him the, uh, the aspect of these, these dreams. Hmm, might not be able to last unless better. <coughs> but, so to begin with, he, you know, after the, the butler talks about Joseph, you know, and how that he might be able to interpret these dreams to him, uh, we have Pharaoh calling him out of prison. But it doesn't go straight to Pharaoh. He goes and gets cleaned up. Um, I had read in a book uh, talking about this, this point in time here in verse 14, how that when Joseph was pulled out of prison and was shaved uh, and, and got a fresh change of clothes and what have you and, and went up to see Pharaoh after that, that this, was, this possibly could have been the first time that uh, Joseph had ever been shaved. So just throwing that out there. Don't know that for sure. Just throwing that out there. And uh, if this was the case, and if he kept the shavedness of it because he uh, was before Pharaoh after this, as we'll see, um, this might be one of the reasons on why his brothers uh, did not recognize him when they came to him. Absolutely. Now, in case you didn't hear him, it was customary for Egyptians to shave their head and their face. So, you know, I'm I'm halfway there, but <laughs> Jeremy, do you have something? Yeah. One reason why people might not have uh, might have been scared to tell a, a false uh, interpretation of this dream to Pharaoh is because Pharaoh, at this point in time, was was looked at among his people as a god, which also is what Jeremy made mention of. Uh, made you wonder, you know, well, how is this person who's seen as a god uh, need an interpretation of a dream, you know, that comes from the god. So, very good. But we also see here in this passage, oh, is what Sonny had pointed out, in how that um, uh, Joseph, standing before Pharaoh, boldly says, it ain't me. Trust me, it ain't me telling you this interpretation. This is God, and God's going to tell you this interpretation. Absolutely, absolutely. And we'll see that uh, really clear as the, as the chapters go on. Very good. We'll see that, that this is how, uh, God's plan in, in bringing uh, the, uh, his chosen people, the Israelites, out of uh, 
Canaan, and ultimately they're going to be ending up in Goshen there. Starting in verse 25, it says, Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are of one. Uh, are one. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. The seven good cows are seven years, and the seven good heads are seven years. The dreams are one. And the seven thin and ugly cows, which came up after the seven, uh, which came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty heads blighted by the east wind are seven years of famine. Uh, this is a thing which I, which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. Indeed, seven years of great plenty will come throughout all the land of Egypt, but after them seven years of famine will arise, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine will be depleted. Will of the famine following for it will it will be very severe and the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice because the thing is established by God and God will shortly bring it to pass so once again you don't really need a whole lot of commentary on this but here we have Joseph explaining the dream to, to Pharaoh and and making mention of how that God has shown this to him. This is something that will come to pass. This is something that's about to happen. Uh, so as what he's about to get into, we need to start thinking about planning. So he, he definitely expresses to him that this is from God, explains to him what the dream is and, and how it's going to take place. All right, let's look at the next little section here. Uh, oh, no, 33. That's why I have it like that, because wasn't on the right verse. Uh, now, therefore, let the Pharaoh, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this, and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one fifth of the produce of the land of Egypt in the seven plentiful years, and let them gather all the food of those good years that are coming and store up grain under the authority of Pharaoh, and let them keep food in the cities. Then that food shall be as a, a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. All right, so he tells us, let's start planning. You need to select someone. Not just someone, but a wise man is what he makes mention of here, uh, to to collect a, a tax, if you would, uh, on the crops, so that we can uh, store it up uh, for the land for the time when there's not going to be any. I was reading something uh, about this, and I never really thought about it as far as the fifth goes, but it was a a, a double tithe is what uh, someone had made mention of it as being it's a double tide and I sat there and I thought about it I was like yeah I guess it is you 20% of your of your grain that we're going to take in and keep in mind this is this is not just a yeah this was a good year no this is great years you know this is seven 
wonderful years. This is over a seven-year period. I mean, think about it. it. You'd have to almost purposely in, in, your, in your life, if something was to happen, and you, have, and you start going through a time period of how you're just doing great. And I mean, man, your income's just coming in. <coughs> coming in strong and strong and strong and strong for seven years. How that you you can kind of get adjusted to that lifespan. You can get adjusted to that income in your life. If you're not prepared for the time of where that seven years will end, and then you'll have another seven years that's going to be really hard on you. I'm not saying that that's going to happen in our lives. I'm not trying to tell you that this is what's going to happen. You know, that you're going to have seven years of great income or anything, but I'm just saying you're in this time period, if you used to have abundance of crops, you know, you'd be inclined to just start you know, selling your crops and, and doing really good and start building you a bigger house or whatever they do back then at this time period. Um, but here we have you know, this being foretold so that they can keep back. And as we'll see in a little bit, it started becoming so much that he just lost count. He couldn't even count it. It was innumerable is what the text says because it was just so much grain. But absolutely, they had to build huge storehouses for all this. Absolutely, and, and we'll see that as well as we get on through uh, the rest of this because not only was the Egyptians coming to him, but other uh, nations were coming to him uh, to buy grain. Starting in verse 37, it says, So that vice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh and in the eyes of all his servants. And Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find such a one as, as this, a man in whom is the Spirit of God? Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, And as much as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You shall be over my house, and all of my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the, to the throne will I be greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. Then Pharaoh took his signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, and he clothed him in garments of fine linen and put a gold chain around his neck. And he made him ride in the second chariot, which he had, and they cried out before him, bow the knee. So he set, so, so he set him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh also said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh, and without your consent, no man may lift his hand or his foot in all the land of Egypt. And Pharaoh called, called Joseph's name, you can read it. <laughs> and he gave him as a wife, uh, Asneth, I guess is how that would be pronounced, the daughter of Pharaoh, priest of On. So Joseph went out over all the land of Egypt. All right, so here we have, you know, after Joseph tells him what, what he needs to do as far as uh, 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 Pointing a, a wise person to go over all, all these things, to collect the, the one-fifth of it. 
and to do all these things you know, that he, he had set forth you know, and to take care of this land so that we can, we can have you know, plenty in the time of famine. Pharaoh kind of turned around and looked at all his, his wives, and I can almost see him looking at all the wise men that were standing there that couldn't, that couldn't tell him what this interpretation was and thinking, well, which one of you am I going to appoint? And then he looks back at Joseph and says, yeah, I'm going to have you do it. You're the one that, that, that uh, God interpreted this dream for me through. I'm going to have you. I'm going to put you in charge. I'm going to give you a sweet ride, the second chariot. I'm going to put a gold chain around your neck. I'm going to give you this signet ring, basically all showing uh, the charge that, that Pharaoh has put uh, towards him. Um, I wanted to go back and point out in, chat, in verse 40 how it says that you shall rule over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be greater than you. Has this something similar like this happened in Joseph's life? Potiphar put him in charge of everything. Prison guard put him in charge of everything. If you go back and look at chapter 39, I had it in my notes here. Chapter 39, uh, in verse 6, is where Potiphar makes a mention of how that you know he put everything under his control, even made mention that he didn't even know what he had, except for the food that was put down before him on the table. In uh, verse 39, or chapter 39, in verse 23, makes mention of the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority because the Lord was with him, and whatever he did, uh, the Lord made it prosper. So here we have two times before of how this happened, and I just got to thinking about that, and I thought, you know, here we have uh, the Pharaoh putting him in charge of, uh, of the land of Egypt, ultimately in, in this aspect, you know, second in command, basically, I mean, only in regards to the throne is Pharaoh better than Joseph or ahead of Joseph. So he was the second in command, if you would. Um, and, and, I, and I got to thinking about that, and I thought, you know, here we have Joseph. He's coming from his father's house, being sold into slavery, brought to Potiphar, worked up as a servant. Potiphar noticed that God was with him, put him in charge of all his house. Then his lying wife caused him to be put into prison. The prison guard, after watching uh, uh, Joseph here, saw that you know, God was with him, put him in charge of everything. It was a training aspect. You know, here we have, we see Joseph's life brought out before us in this point in time, how that this was all a training aspect of what was about to happen uh, to, to help Joseph, in his mind, uh, come up to this point to be able to rule over this aspect, and ultimately, as Joseph will tell his brothers later on, preserve their lives. So, any other thoughts or comments? Yes. Yes, sir, I did. I meant to say something about that before I got into all that. But, uh, from, from, now, I will say that when I looked it up, a lot of people argue different things about this, but one of the, the meanings that that I'd found that seems to be very appropriate as far as what uh, the Pharaoh called him would be salvation of the world. Is that savior of the world? All right. 
So that was the name that uh, the Pharaoh had given Joseph. Very good. Thank you for reminding me of that. Anything else that I missed? <laughs> All right, thank you for your comments and attention.